1524. What will we talk about tonight? There is an island off the coast of Nova Scotia which could hold millions in buried treasure. Oak Island. Hey, if I don't make it in podcasting, I can be an announcer. <laughs> Great intro, man. Yeah, Alan, you got Great way, intro. You got way too much time so, on your hands. You know, Something. I don't know if I told you guys... Uh, when I first got out of high school and started going to college, I went for radio and TV production. I got, I'm as far away from that as I can be, but I still got it in my roots. Hey, hey I'm, I'm proud of you. That was pretty good. <laughs> those eight weeks in class have paid off. Exactly. Hey, those eight weeks, and I got the good discount for insurance. <laughs> it was good. Oh, so as you heard on the intro there, um, we're talking about a show that's on the History Channel called The Curse of Oak Island. Um, a little history. Does anybody want to talk about the history a little bit? Well, if I were going to get a five-minute version of um, the the Curse of Oak Island or Oak Island itself, getting somebody new into that is uh, there's a, a small island off of Nova Scotia, as Alan mentioned, and um, a couple hundred years ago, late 1700s, uh, a few young fellows uh, reportedly found the depression in the ground and, and, and other signs that something was going on in this spot. And so they began to dig, and, uh, and they found a, a wooden platform several feet under the ground. And after they went through that wooden platform... They continued to dig, and every 10 feet, they found another wooden platform until they were 90 feet in the ground. And they were finding other bits of, of uh, material here or there along the way. And at the 90-foot platform, there was a stone with some engravings on it. And when they removed that stone, they tripped what is referred to as a flood tunnel. A flood tunnel. And uh, and the whole the like whole thing booby flooded. trap, right? Yeah, booby trap. Yeah, like booby, booby trap. trap. So again, this is in the late seventeen hundreds that uh, this reportedly happened and so after that time these three young men bought parts of this island themselves and continued to investigate. And um, ever since there have been numerous attempts to determine what took place that somebody obviously um, did some extensive work on this island supposedly to hide something. So, you know, to add, add to that a little bit, so 1795 was the year that the McGinnis uh, brothers found this. They saw a light shining on the island. Uh, they came from a home bay over uh, and to say this is a little island, it's very small. Um, you know, our my piece of land here is 15 acres. I think that's probably close to what that is. I can't remember the exact acreage of the island, uh, but yeah, it's more. Uh, it's more yeah, it's now. more than that. I think it's like 100 now. acres. So, so it's close. And at it's the time, big, still not very And big. at the time, there was no road to get there. It was an island. Island. Um, so then, several hundred yards off the mainland. Yes, and so since then, numerous people have searched for buried treasure there. 
Um, uh, when I say numerous, uh, there's probably a dozen different companies, uh, people as famous as um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um, so it's 140 acres. It's 140 yeah, acres. Even yeah. I knew that. It was 140. Yeah, so, um, it just seems smaller, you know. Anyway, there's been lots of money spent looking for things. Um, so there was an article published in Reader's Shot Digest back in the late 60s about the island. So at the same time, um, a gentleman by the name of Dan Blankenship saw that. He was a little bit older. He's in his 30s, owned a construction company in Florida. Um right. You know, and in the ensuing years, he ended up selling the construction company and buying into Oak Island. There's a whole story there. He partnered with some people. He's turned away when he first went there. Um, at that same time, um, there's a gentleman by the name of Rick Lagina, who was a young child back then. I think, was, I think he was 11 or I yeah. think he was 11 years old, I believe. Yep, right. He, he saw that Reader's Digest uh, story as well. Um, you know, it kind of leads into something else. Reader's Digest. Remember? Yeah. Well, uh, you know? Yeah, I love those. You know? Used to, Great. Used to read, get them all the time, right? Right. So he saw this article as well, and, you know, he was ready to leave home and go dig, take a shovel and dig for buried treasure. Well, fast forward um, several years, um, and he and his brother traveled to Oak Island. Well, at the time, Dan Blankenship had uh, ownership of what was happening there kind of blew them off and you know that was that well they ended up back there uh in a partnership uh, about nine years ago eight years ago i guess so that turned into a tv show on the history channel which uh, all of us have different versions of how we started watching it and how we got associated with it i happened to catch it one of the first seasons and i was like man this thing's pretty cool right and I'm not exactly sure how Jeff and I first started talking about it. Well, um, in uh, a couple of years ago, so beginning of two, 2018, I, I started a new job at a new company, and uh, the VP of engineering that hired me, along with the uh, facility manager that I was, who I was replacing because he was moving a few states away, um, they were talking about. They were talking about what was going on on Oak Island, and I had never heard of it. I had never heard of it, and evidently there was a few seasons in. And um, so they're like, "Man, you got to look it up. You know, go on uh, Netflix and 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 look it up, and you can you know you can catch up." And and uh, so I did. I mean, it was you know for me, I'm like, "Hey, you know, really?" But uh, so anyway, I looked it up on Netflix and and kind of Robin and I kind of binge watch through the first couple seasons that uh, right. were there and I've been hooked ever since so here we are you know it's 2020 now right so it's been a few years out and um, uh, we've traveled a little bit since then so yeah. Ruben yeah uh, when it first started I've been watching it for years and uh, it's funny because Margie used to make fun of me about watching stuff like that it's like she has uh, no desire to watch any of this stuff, and I'm a I'm a history documentary kind of person. She's and, giving the evil uh, eye. What's that? She's giving the evil eye. Yeah, I know. I think uh, she said she never makes fun of you. Never, right? Um, but she doesn't like it's it's an obviously she doesn't like anything I watch. 
but I've been watching it from the beginning. So, you know, I was probably, I guess, three or four seasons into it. And then um, somehow the f- group of us got into this conversation. They're like, oh, like, oh yeah, I've been watching that forever. Um, and, you know, I'm a... I went for like 18 years without reading a book from high school. And uh, back in 2006 or seven, my sons bought me a book called uh, The Da Vinci Code. And uh, it's the first book I read in like 18 years. And I read that, and I, uh, reading that book, I got engulfed with the Templar Knights. And I've done a ton of research and a lot of work on Templar Knights and the Holy Grail and all this stuff. And so when I, the first show I saw of the Oak Island was. You know the possibility of the of a Templar route and things, and I was just like hooked on it. So um, it, it is very now she's hooked on it. So uh, now she she's very intrigued in it, probably more than I am at this point. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I want to be, I want them to find something, and I want them to be there, but you know, I still have to keep myself sold on the issue. But uh, I think there's a lot here, and I think there's more people that need to be involved in it to understand what exactly happened here. And is there a treasure or not? But is the story a treasure? That's the question. Yeah. Now. So to kind of to kind of bring it forward, as Alan mentioned, um, Rick Lagina and and then his younger brother Marty Lagina, you know, decades later, decades later, Rick, who who's just got a heart for this that's oh, just unbelievable, retired postal and then, worker, and then and, yeah. then, and then and then Marty, um, yeah, I mean. Been extremely successful in his business life, and so had the financial capabilities to endeavor uh, going into looking at this. But the thing that I found very interesting is Marty not so sold on on what was going right. on. I mean, right, he's Rick, not. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like wasn't. It, it's he kinda, wasn't. Right, he wasn't. And so you kind of take it that that Rick. Who is this kind of common guy, all heart? He was a man, worked for the post office. Yeah, I believe he's a retired mail carrier. Where Marty, the younger, was very successful. I think, I think his, uh, if I understood right, he was in geological engineering. So he knows a lot about what's underground and how it got there and that kind of stuff. And very, very successful fellow. And uh, so, you know, they come up and, and, I think from Marty's perspective, if you take it right, they're going to go up there for a year. They're going to poke around, and that's right. going to be the end of it. Right? I think it was like his attempt to shut his brother up or something. Uh, that's the, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think you're right, right? Because because uh, get it over. Rick with. Was, Rick's totally indulged in this, and and I think in the most part, he really doesn't have the financial investment like his brother does. No, right? His, uh, the the major investors to start with were his brother and Craig Tester. Craig Tester, Craig right. And there's a third person that's never named. Right. I looked it up once and I was going to look it up for this I, podcast. I know Irving Materials has got something to do yeah, a little bit but with Yeah, but that's, that's later right. on. Yeah, there's so, new entities that have been yeah, that have right. invested into so it. So, yeah. ha- you haven't heard a word from Dwayne yet. Um, so <laughs> There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. We just introduced Dwayne to Oak Island this past year. Year. So, I, your limited knowledge, Dwayne, is what you've heard from us, and you've been trying to catch up on episodes. And yeah, we haven't binge watched back to the beginning, but we did kind of watch 10, 12 episodes prior, right. trying to get kind of into it. And I had watched them here and there, and, and my wife Dodie is not into those type of things either. I they interest me any kind of kind of like Ruben, any kind of history. 
war movie, you know, war documentaries and stuff. It's just it's interesting just to learn and right. and see things. But yeah, we got into it, so we're more into it now, and and we're learning it, and we're you know, and we're gonna take the plunge. And if the borders open, we're headed headed north and. Yeah, I'm gonna to go to the island and see um, and see what's going on and and just try to learn some more of it. But it is very interesting. I'm kind of at the point. I think my feelings are the treasure's gone. I think it's been found. Um, it's been looted more than once. But I think it's Rick is or Marty's the one that's he wants to tell the story, you know. And I think that's his. I think that's his deep down in his gut. That's what he thinks too. Is the treasure's gone. But the story is more valuable than the treasure. So let's tell the story of why. Can I touch on that? You can. Okay. So I'm going to talk to that. That's a great point. Okay. And so to let the audience know, uh, Jeff, Alan, myself, and our wives visited Oak Island last in 2019. And we, we toured the island with Charles Barkhouse. Okay. And I felt exactly the same way until one thing was said to me. Okay. We were standing on the dam of the lake, or the ocean, standing on the dam where the um, um, the swamp is. We were standing at the edge of the swamp, and Charles Barkhouse was showing us the swamp. And I questioned Charles about his Templar ring he wears. All right, I have that on video, so if you want to see it, Dwayne, I can show it to you. And I asked him straight up in front of that entire crew, is it here? And, you know, because I have the suspicion that possibly it wasn't, but... He said, absolutely. I'm telling you, that treasure is on this island. He is a historical Templar Knight. And uh, there was a conspiracy going around saying that he was the one that was like leading him away from the actual spot to be. But when you go back and we sat and we talked to that man, it wasn't like some guy just chatting on the street. This is a guy that's had a life long attachment to this island his family aunt, his aunt actually lived on the island correct and he he knows more about this than most and and his comment to me was a direct reply and I like I said I have this on video it's on this island I'm telling you right now I believe it in my soul it is here I was sort of you know I don't know I was I, just, I had my doubts and I still have a little bit of doubts but he made me feel more confident about it, wanting to watch more of it and it, and it even made her even more engrossed. So, so <laughs> we, we forgot to tell everybody before we started. We're live, recording with a live audience. Yes. At the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. So sometimes we have audience feedback. And we have some hecklers. Yeah, there's hecklers, hecklers. in the audience. It's my wife so, called me a liar. <laughs> That's not the so worst she's not to get in. I, I want to talk about Charles a little bit later in the Knights. It's Knights Templar, by the way, not Templar Knights. I'm sorry. Thanks for correcting me on that. So, um, I think the treasure um, was put there, uh, no doubt about it. I and we'll go over things that have been found. I think there's uh, there was a show on this year uh, after the main season about um, the Revolutionary War funding for the Revolutionary War. Um, And I I know we're we're getting chronologically out of order here, but what what people need to know is that Benjamin Franklin had a place in Nova Scotia, George Washington visited Nova Scotia. Uh, They have ties to Mahone Bay. Yes. And somehow the Revolutionary War was funded, and part of the talks were that perhaps it was through the treasure 
Uh, right. And people were scratching their heads. Well, how can that be? So the Knights Templar, if you do some research, um, the Knights Templar and the Freemasons have a connection. If you don't know it, George Washington was a Freemason. Yes. Uh, in fact, there are pictures of him um, while leading this country with the Freemasonry, Freemasonry robe on. Yes. So I think there's a good chance that part of what was there did help fund the Revolutionary War. And I know we're, we're out of order here. So, But I, I think that there was treasure there for sure. I think they're, they're, what they're finding now, anything they find is a treasure as far as I'm concerned. Right. I mean, right. they, they, they found stuff this year that predates anything that's ever in history about that island that's in right. that area. That's right. Um, so, you know, I I had a friend on Facebook that saw a posting I had put on about um, Oak Island, and her comment was, does your wife hate that as much as I do? All they do is <laughs> dig in a hole and don't find anything. Well, that was the wrong thing to put down. Right, right. Uh, so, I mean, I went line by line here's the stuff they found just this year it's not about digging in a hole and not finding anything and that wasn't the case either so uh, we're out of order here so let's talk about what they did find so 1795 they find the money pit or what they think they start digging right 1803 is when they got down to the 90 foot mark and that was what they were called the 90 foot stone there was engraving on it, which was later translated to 90 feet below by 2 million pounds or something. Right. Um, what's unfortunate about that is that stone for a long time was on Oak Island, and then it got moved to my home bay and then got lost. Um, Publishing store. Yeah, exactly. So they think they found it la- the year before last, but right. there was only a little engraving left on it. And right. I mean, there's no way to say, hey, that is that is the stone or not. Um, so since that time, though, some of the things they found, coconut fiber that's dated back to 1240 to 1400 A.D. So think about that. Non-indigenous coconut fiber. It was found in the flood tunnels, the, the flood drains. So for those that don't know, there are drains that lead from Smith's Cove. Which is basically the ocean. The ocean to the money pit area. That's right. Uh, and they're filtered with coconut fiber. And that was it was found back in the 60s, and they refound it during the Laginas recently. recently. Yes. In 2016, yeah. I think. Yeah, and it actually found more this right. year. Yeah. Um, and the closest coconut fighter is like North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's like you know, yeah. eight, 900 miles away. So the fact that it's, you know, carbon dated, the, the time that it's carbon dated, that that's where the, the Knights Templar, uh, you know, you start putting two and two together. You know, that if you do the, the research in the Knights Templar, they, they were part of the church. The, the, the church hired them to do things. Um, and then at one point in time, the church said, hey, no more, you know, more or less killed them all off. Yeah, right. right. So, right. yeah, so they were basically in charge of all the Christian treasures. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and that they guarded the Christian treasure, collected and guarded the Christian treasures. 
And at some point, um, one of the popes and one of the kings somewhere along the line decided they were getting too much power and uh, started imprisoning and executing them. And so a number of them disappeared. Right, right. And the... And speaking on that, when that happened, that was uh, part of that happened in the Rosalind Chapel in Europe. And the Rosalind Chapel is with the Sinclair family, which also ended up on, which is Henry Sinclair, ended up on Oak Island. And and to this day, the Rosalind Chapel is still owned by the Sinclair family. And it is, uh, there, there are provings of what happened when they actually burnt that church, that the only thing that survived that church was the books. And those books are said to be guarded somewhere um, by the um, this group, which would be the Templars, and an offset of the the Knights Templar, which would be uh, the the um, Sangriel group, which started this whole push. So Henry Sinclair was part of that family, which ran from Europe, ended up in Oak Island. So I don't want to jump out of the order here, Alan. So. But I get excited to talk about that kind of stuff because I, I think we all do. Except for Dwayne, he's like, what, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, so there's there's a lot of theories about what the treasure was. Uh, the Holy Grail. Uh, you know, there's other theories on treasure that it was Captain Kidd's treasure. Right. There's, right. there's a lot of different theories. Um, here's a couple. Here's a big fact. Samuel Ball. Um, for those who don't know the story of Samuel Ball, he was a slave. Yes. So when the Revolutionary War broke out, if you fought for the British, you were relieved of your slavery. You were your free Based man. As a free man. Yeah. Samuel Ball did that uh, and was released as a free man, moved to Nova Scotia. Cabbage farmer. Multi. By today's terms, turned into a multi-billionaire cabbage yeah. farmer. Yes. At one point in time, on more land in Nova Scotia than anybody. Yes. I want to remind everybody where he started as a slave. That's right. And raising, then, became, and then raising cabbage. The cabbage raising cabbage. cabbage. On and, 140 acres. And he moved to Oak Island, and suddenly he had more money than anybody knew In fact, do. he rescued quite a few businesses on the mainland. With his finances, he loaned them money and rescued the town of Mahone Bay and a, and a couple other towns. But go ahead, Alan. And didn't yeah. he become one of the largest landowners on Oak Island for a while? He did. Yeah, yeah. So there's nobody that can tell me there's that much money in cabbage. I'm just saying. If there is, we need to start planting something. In the, north, in the northeast yeah. Atlantic. And we're talking about Nova Scotia back in the 1700s, late 1700s, early 1800s. Rock. I mean, it's not, there wasn't. Millions of people there, you know. There's right. not now, right. um, correct. So right. there is some. I mean, they alluded to it this year that perhaps Samuel Ball was with the McGinnis brothers when they found. You know, I was thinking that when yeah. they were talking because they said there was a third person, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, and we'll talk more about Samuel Ball later. But you know, any if you use logic. You might think that he found something there. Um, well, Occam's Razor says if all things are considered equal, the most logical thing is correct, right? right? Uh, it seems that direction. But we don't know, right? We don't That's why know. we keep digging. So let's let's talk a little bit more about what's been found there. So last year they found the lead cross. 
right. do, Data back. What year was that? Fourteen hundred. Pre fourteen hundred. Pre fourteen hundred. But they found it in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Yes. Yeah. Um, southern France was its origin. Yes. Leads right back to the Templar Knights. Right. Knights Templar. Yes. Knights Templar. Uh, <laughs> they found two. Genoa coins found in Chester Canada, which is three miles from Oak Island. Let's stop real quick on the camp on the cross. Oh. All right, oh. they found this cross, and I had, had told Margie she was watching and catching up with this, and I said that it's not a cross. And she said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Look at that cross. It's not a cross." I said, "That is a symbol, but I don't know it." Later on, you learn what that is. I had said that in twenty. 20- when they found that cross, that it was not a cross. So they'll explain that later. Go ahead, Al. I'm sorry. So, um, and I, I missed, a, to me, one of the most important finds this year was the, the brooch. Uh, was a, a red glass brooch. Yep. And when they dated that, it was between 1,300 and 1,500 uh, found on the island. So the question is... Uh, did somebody at a later date, you know, lose that on the island, or was that part of the treasure that was right. on the island? Right. Obviously, uh, that's one of the things. You know, people get all excited, but some of the items could be things that families had and left there, or just lost, or just lost through generations. Yeah, right, right, right. Public transportation, people moving around the island. Right. So these two coins I'm talking about was they were found in Chester, Canada. Uh, they weren't ever showed on the show. Uh, they were dated 1139 to 1339. So think about that. 1139 to 1339. There wasn't much going on in Nova Scotia. Vikings. Yeah. Wasn't even supposed Norsemen. to be. They didn't even know of any Europeans there at that time. Right. So all that right. was what they call pre-colonial. Right. Before the colonial. Age. Right. Items that were found there dated. Pre-colonial pre-dated. dates. So, colonial days, the box strains. Right. Um, and the coconut fiber in them. On season two, there was a Knights Templar coin found by Gary Drayton. Um, I thought that it depicted the Templar cross. So, I got to say, I, when I say Gary Drayton, I say it real lightly because my wife might hear. That's her favorite person on the show. She's she says a, it's the accent. She's a top pocket find also. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch the show to learn that. Learn yes, you what do. That is. Yes, you got to watch the show to learn what that is. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, you can go on and on about finds that have been found there. So you can't tell me, you can't sit here and tell me there was never any treasure on that island. Because I just named off six or seven things that... There's no explanation for why they would have been on that island. Well, I think a number of those things, again, like you said, could have been carried for generations and dropped there. But but to take that on, some of the excavation that's taken place and some of the wood structures underground that they are dating back centuries, centuries and centuries that are, you know, of European design. The way these wood structures, right? Exactly whether that, right. Whether you're talking about right. uh, European Roman cove, type, yes. Whether you're talking about in the cove or around the money pit itself, where they are they are digging up pieces of wood structure that were obviously hand hewn, and they're dating back centuries, and and they're deep in the ground, and it's like what. What could possibly have been going on 
that many years ago that humans were right. that deep in the ground. So, so the, speaking of Smith's Cove and the L-shaped structure, which they found there, they had it dated uh, to 1769, pre-Revolutionary War. I mean, there, there's... Well, it's something definitely was going on there. I mean, there's this, there's a what I consider to be a boat slip there that was buried. Uh, it's like it was a port to load and unload almost. But nowhere in the Nova Scotia history books is it talked about anywhere. So something was going on. Well, to me, that being the new guy coming into this and just catching up, and I've missed a lot of these finds because they were pre-seasons. They predated my history of watching this. But to me, it's the... Being the mechanic and you know the engineering and the thought of how did they build, how did they know how to build it? How did they get them built? You know these these trap doors and the 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 flooding of tunnels and you know all these things like you were talking about underground. You know these hand hewn timbers, not little not little two by fours. These were you know eight by eight, ten by ten beams, feet long that were buried hand hand hewn. So they you know they cut a tree down. Take an axe, get it to the size they want, and then dig a hole 60, 70 feet down, whatever. 150. Well, I mean, but even start right. getting, and then getting it down there, building this system. And it's just amazing the, 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 the engineering that went into this before computers. And it was just a guy thinking, yeah. hey, this is what we got to do. Yeah. So, so, again, that's not a hoax. Something, something seriously dynamic happened there. Absolutely. Hundreds Absolutely. of years ago. Yeah, you wouldn't do all that. For nothing. Right. You know, and I, I refer back to our, our trip and visit of the tour of the island last year. And another one that kicked me in the rear and said, and Alan and Jeff, I don't even remember this, but Barkhouse said, three men died in 10X for a reason. And it's because they saw something on a camera down there that was real. And you can, can you stand here in front of me and 200 people and tell me, why would you risk your life for something that's down that hole unless you know it's down that hole. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Well, and there's there's been a lot of there's been a lot of risky work done since. I mean, you, yes. you watch the last few years, you got you got guys gearing up and in, in scuba gear and going down a three foot freaking right. pipe hundreds of hundred feet underground in, in, in water dive suits and right. caves yeah. and suits and they're trying to figure out what went on there. And um, I mean, you're talking you're talking some stuff I wouldn't even think about doing but, to watch these but, guys. I mean, do. honestly, guy, would would passion drive? Would passion drive craziness? I don't. I, I don't know. I think if you thought there was a treasure, you would. You would. Uh, I mean, Dan Blankenship told best at one of the episodes before he passed away. I mean, he would go. He did. He went until he, he had no money left to go. Right. I mean. He he, exp- everything he made as a multi-million dollar contractor in Florida, he invested in Oak Island. Yes, and he went till he could go no further because he was out of money. So and you you don't spend that kind of money being an educated man in a professional business unless you know something's there. So here's a couple, or you hope you hope it's there. So explain this to me. Explain this to me. Leather book bindings. Out of borehole eight at 150 feet. Yes. At 150 feet, tell me how leather book bindings get there. Oh, I agree. I agree. I still, I, I mean, I think it was there. I, all the engineering, all the stuff points to stuff being there, but 
again, I'll go back to now. My thing is, I think the, the the treasure now is telling the story of how this all happened and piecing it together and and creating this history of this is what it was. You and know, proving. either there's something there, or we're involved in a world and following and tracking the world's biggest hoax, right? Well, I don't think it's a hoax. I don't it's, think it's, it's, I don't think it's a hoax either. I, well, but I think I it was really there. think there's something there. Just, I think I. I think Dwayne's point is it was there. Yeah, it, right. It, agree. Is there it was no there. Right. So, and I think there's a chance that that's the case. So, for me, you know, when we look down this list of of all the stuff that's there um, that they've found, the evidence that something went on, some the evidence that something went on, and yeah, very very possibly whatever that treasure was is no longer there. But man, there's a treasure in a story if we can figure it out, and then, and then that's that's what it is for me. Whether there's treasure there or not, just to watch, to watch, and to learn. I've learned so much about history. Yes, right. The yes. Nice Templars. If you could be entertained and learn at the same time, what better? And it's exactly what the, more can you ask? For? You know, I've I've been watching this since the beginning, and last year I remember we coming up to one of our group gatherings here at the Rusty Nail, and I said. That's interesting. I remember watching this whole thing. I'm watching it again. I think I learned today that John the Baptist was really a, re- or I'm sorry, the Jolly Roger was really, Jolly Roger Frag was really a representative of John the Baptist beheading. I'm like, what? Well, well, so, so I went back it, and researched that. Right. Like, it's true. Well, it goes, it goes again back to the Knights Templars, and they were the caretakers of Christian treasures. Yes. And supposedly they had. The skull of John the Baptist is one of those yes. treasures. Yes. So yeah. to take it a step further, then once they were basically kicked out of Europe, imprisoned, and all that started, there there's a lot of theories that a lot of the Knights Templars became the pirates of right. the North Atlantic. Right. And the flag of the Jolly Roger was a representation of the skull of John the Baptist. Agree. Agree. Right. And, and that's just... It's just really cool stuff to consider, all right? Right. You know, I mean, the Knights Templar, there's no doubt they existed. There's no exact, no Still doubt. Today. There's no doubt they were persecuted yes. terribly. And um, they were amazingly intelligent. And again, as Alan indicated earlier, then it tied into the Freemasons, which the engineering understanding of all those people was beyond anybody else in the world at the time. That's right. They were engineers of life. And, you know, I I dig further into that. And I, you know, we were talking a couple weeks. And, of course, we're all over the mat right here, right, Alan? Right. So, you know, I'm digging back and doing some more research. And, and so I look at the Roslyn Chapel and I go back and I start digging and digging. I'm spending hours digging on this. And if you look at the Rose Line, the Roswell Chapel, which is the line that the Templars, Knights Templars followed, if you look at the bottom of the Rose Line where the it ends on the south side, and you take a direct turn, it ends at Nova Scotia. So when you look through the route through Europe of the Knights Templar and how they protected the the Grail and everything going on. And then, then they they disappeared for a while, and at the point of disappearance, you look di- directly to the west, and it's directly in line with North Oak Island. 
and and that goes right through the city of Paris. So when you under you see and you understand that, and you put that together, it makes you think even further back. Where where is the story? Is it a real story? I believe the story is real. I believe it happened this way, and I believe and I believe there's something there or was there, and and. And I'm telling you, I'm even I'm further dug in now than I ever was. It's probably multiple treasures. I think there was more and, than. And you're probably right because, because over time, right? Because Eric the Viking was actually through Nova Scotia way before this even happened, and and he was known to bring in treasures and things like that too. That that actually funded the I can't remember the name of the Indians of North of um, I want to say Sec Sequan Indian. I don't know. I don't want to say that it's incorrectly. Uh, but when you dig further back on this, I mean, I keep digging, digging further, and all the signs are pointing this direction. So something was there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and I, I hope if you're out there listening and you haven't watched the show or are skeptical that you do take the time to watch it. Um, because all the things we're talking about, if, if you're not, if you never watched it, it's, it's all Greek to you right now. Um, but I think there was definitely... Uh, and, and there still is whether it's actually physical treasure or historical treasure that we, or we dig up there there's definitely more there um, and there was definitely a lot there I mean, you, you think about I mean you talk about all the underground structures and all the architectural that, that went into it you just don't do that for no reason right. I mean right. and back then that was a big deal to do that on an island, on an island that did not have a road to it from the mainland. Right. You had no supplies. You had everything exactly. you needed. You pretty much had to bring it. There wasn't enough, probably enough trees there to, to dig, to cut down, to make everything that you needed to make for all the stuff you're building. So you're bringing logs in. You're you know, you're going to the mainland, bringing trees over to build, the, to make the logs or to, bring, to build what you've got to build. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's a really amazing I, I think. Event. I think and Alan, it, to Alan's point there, what goes on? I think I think that if we really focus on the Sinclair family, I think it's where a lot of the information lies. Yeah. And I, and the reason why the Sinclair family was very heavily in, in the Nova Scotia side, outside of Oak Island, and uh, his son, I don't, and I have to can't refer back. I can't recall the names and stuff, but um, you know, doing this research and understanding where this came from, and then King Henry and everybody that was involved in this and the slayings and stuff, uh, you know, this is the grounds of our Christianity and where it came from and what gave us the embedding us in the, to the North America continent, right? And the more I dig into that, the more I become intrigued and understand the true value of what we are and who we're supposed to represent. But you look back and realize that in the 13, 1200s, 1300s, 1400s, what these people that went through, they sacrificed their life, their families, and everything to protect whatever it was. And you and think about that for a minute. They gave up their homes, they gave up their families, and they protected that treasure. And not the most friendly environment. It was the worst environment. It was absolutely the worst environment under the worst conditions, under uncontrolled conditions. They put them on a wooden boat that was 150 foot long and said, cross the ocean under the worst conditions and hide this stuff somewhere. And find this island. And the reason why is because it was so important. And Jeff, and you, I could see you looking at me going, 
you're right because they had to protect the Christianity faith, and I think that's it's exactly where this all boots down to. It comes down to that, and I have been more intrigued since the visit to Oak Island. And for those of you who have not been to Oak Island or even watched the show, you should. But remember, it's not about the treasure; it's about the story. In my opinion, it's about the the history that's being found. It We're, right. They are actually rewriting the history of that area based on their finds not based on and there's there's some places that are trying to rewrite history because they don't like it right what's happening there they're documenting this is they're documenting history that was unknown and that's what's so intriguing about to me about the show yeah there's undeniable evidence that something monumental happened yes. at that island right and there's no right. there's there's no doubt about it so if you haven't watched the show um you watch the show and understand that part of it is a production right so you know they 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 do they do want to lead you on to the next show or the next find, but the fact of the matter is is what they're finding the science that they put to it they bring they bring some of the greatest experts in their field to helping them investigate this stuff. You know, to give you an idea, we talked about the cross. Okay, it was made of lead, and something I never knew was. There's a like a world library of metallurgy. Okay, so these guys, right? These guys have a library of all the metals from all around the world throughout history, and so this lead cross that they found uh, a couple years ago, right? They did laser samples of it and took it back to a lead mine in France. In France. That closed in the 1400s. And it, it was just amazing to me the fact that there was a library of metallurgy that, that, that documented all these metals from around the world and where they came from. And, you know, it's just, it's just so it's, you know, part of that is this expertise that they bring in and the science that they right. use right. to date this stuff, including the wood, the wood for these structures, when this wood was cut and used to the year, essentially. Exactly, exactly. It's just amazing stuff. So with that, uh, I, before we started recording, I said this podcast is going to be more than one. So... I, I think with that statement, we're, we're going to say that's it. We're, we're, it's the end of the night for us with this podcast. And our next podcast, we're going to pick up from there and talk about the folks there now, the technology that they're using, and how it's changed the perception of Oak Island from what it was 10 years ago. Because, um, I mean, I, I'm on the tip of my toes, and I know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, it's just exciting stuff. It is huh? exciting, Alan. And the thing is, we need to leave the leave our listeners to understand that. Li- watch a little bit, learn a little bit before our next podcast, so you can associate with what we're talking about. Yeah, you can go back then in, in the Netflix, and you can or binge watch you all can just, you want. You can go to the History Channel right. on the web. Yeah. Um, what's History great there is they have an interactive map that shows parts of the island and what's been found right on the, the parts of the island. 
Uh, and I know you were going to ask me to pull it up what the I, web address is. I just is. said that. I was going to. So uh, just right. type in, go to Google and type in uh, History Channel. Right. Um, and it's their number one watch show. You So click on Oak Island and it'll take you to all that good kind of stuff. But, <coughs> excuse me. We've had a great time tonight. Uh, on behalf of myself, Alan Stanger. And Reuben Hunt. Jeff Montag. Dwayne Bischoff. We're across the line 1524 and we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah, you're cruising down a road, not a care in the world. Then all of a sudden, what is that sound? That's coming from my car? You know what you better do? You better go see our friends at Hoosier Foreign Auto Service. They'll take care of you. Give them a call. They're located in St. Leon, Indiana. 812-576-2181. And get that sound fixed. So when you're driving down the road, sounds more like this. Once again, go see our friends over at Hoosier Foreign Auto Service. You can find them on Facebook or give them a shout. 812-576-2181. And get that cowbell fixed. Because not everyone needs more cowbell. Once again, there's nothing wrong with a little cowbell. Well, we hope you've had a great time listening to this podcast on Oak Island. Uh, These are just our thoughts, our theories, and uh, part two we'll have next week. Uh, If you get a chance, uh, go to the History Channel online. You can check out all the information about the Curse of Oak Island, maybe catch up on a couple past episodes. Um, Next week, it's another great uh, podcast about Oak Island, about more the present day searching that's happening there. Um, Once again, for Dwayne Bischoff, Reuben Hunt, Jeff Montag, I'm Alan Stanger. Thank you for listening to Across the Line 1524. You can now catch us on Apple Podcasts as well as on the web at Cross the Line 1524 and Facebook. You guys have a great evening.